The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We are back here in the race cave. As always, with me is Josh Harris, Brad Brown. Before we get into today's show, let's check in with the fellas. Brad, how was your week, man? Did you stay up and watch some of those Australian races? I woke up and watched a few of the races. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty good morning. You get up and get a cup of coffee and turn on Dirt Vision and get to watch the A feature. That was, uh, that was pretty good timing, yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was when the times rained out, like and one of the nights, like not yeah. actually go. One of the nights rained out. If you would pay attention, that was the one morning I was up really early, and I was all <laughs> excited to watch it. And I was like, "It's not on." I'm like, "What the heck?" That there is the voice of the resident idiot, Mr. Josh Harris. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> As Brad, would the say. one who sits at home watches all the racing, but does not know when the race that was on TV rained out. I, I, that's because I usually watch those races on like replay, like because that's a lot easier to watch it at night than it is to get up that early. I morning. watched. I watched the beginning of the night, fell asleep, woke up for the eight features. How did you? How did you time that out so perfectly? Race started at 12 o'clock midnight. I'm normally up, still up around then. You gotta let the dog out to the bathroom or something. That's what. A few times. A few times. Speaking of <laughs> off topic here. Speaking of. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of letting the dog out, so last night we were recording our uh, our hockey podcast, Thunderstruck, your unofficial Lincoln Starts podcast. We had a Las Vegas Golden Knight forward, Mr. Paul Cotter, on the, on the phone with us. And in the middle of the interview, my dog decides to take a shit right in the middle of the uh, the living room. We oh, wanted man. to go outside, but we're in the middle middle of the interview, and I'm like, oh, I wow. can't get up to let you out. But That's he looked awesome. at me and said, fuck you. I'm taking a shit right here. And you can't discipline him because he, he he wanted out. He did. He looked at me I'm like... Telling you. <laughs> Wow! That's, wow! Yeah, but I I know the the he races and all that stuff is a pretty good big deal, but not for me. I'm not staying up all night. What do you think race. about the two heat race format? I like that. I Everybody like runs yeah. two heat races. Yeah, I, I like liked it. it. Yeah, it's no different than Chili Bowl with the yeah the heat race and the qualifier. I think that actually brings more to the race. It gives you more stuff to watch. It does make it a longer night. It could potentially with wrecks and stuff like that. But I, mean, I thought it was great. It makes every race count, and and they gotta they gotta pass cars. I didn't care for the uh, the scrambles. They were kind of waste of time, if you ask me. Yeah. But but the feature was really good. I mean, our boy Sheldon was giving it to him, and yeah, it was odd to see of Sheldon a, get passed on the top side for the win. Kind of, that was kind of weird. Yeah, if he would have ran the high side the entire race and quit trying to be a bottom feeder bitch, I think he would have won the thing. Which is odd for him. He's not that type of racer. He usually loves being up on that top line. That was kind. Of, it was kind of weird to see. Yeah, what I saw was he went into three and just just missed the bottom, and then he hit those those ruts and bounced a little bit. And he couldn't it, get back on the throttle. Yeah, but every and, time he went up top, he was catching catching yeah, the leader back yeah. up, and then he okay, uh, I'm two. Let's try to go down low, and the leader yeah. guy, you know, gives him a lane up top. You got, I don't know. But I'm not a, behind the wheel, so it was a damn good feature, though. That was, uh, and and I know this is a sprint car podcast, but I watched a little bit of late models too, and those late models are put, putting on some damn good shows too. So, 
Uh, they got some big names. They got racing. like top 10 guys that can win any night, which is always fun to see. Did you happen to catch any of the support classes in Australia, like on the prelim nights? I did not. I turned it on, and I don't know what kind of class of car they were because I'm not obviously not from there, but these sons of bitches were going around the, around the track backwards. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, is really? something wrong with the yeah. video feed? Is it mirrored <laughs> on my TV? What the hell is going on? And I'm looking on Snapchat, and JJ Hickel's like, I was confused as fuck when these guys were out here too. What track was that at that they did it that way? Which one? It was it the the main yeah. the yeah. main race. Yeah, I have no clue. I didn't. I guess I I usually fast forward through that stuff because I'm watching the replay. I can't remember the name of those cars, but yeah, they go with some jalopy was, looking yeah. things. They were going backwards. I'm like, what <laughs> the all, hell is going like on? <laughs> It definitely looked nice and warm there, though. I mean, and see that crowd? That's pretty cool how they're all sitting in, like, chairs. Lawn and chairs stuff. out here on the hill and just having a good old time. Yeah. You know, it was nice to hear uh, uh, Wade Unger again, to hear his voice. And, and Bachoven during when he was down there, it was just, you felt like it was a summer day here when you look outside and there's snow on the ground. I was surprised. I texted Tony maybe five minutes after the, uh, the A feature finished up. I'm like, what was Sheldon thinking? He's like, I don't know. This race was crazy. But the fact that I texted somebody... On the other side of the planet, <laughs> within five minutes, he gets back to me. Yeah. It, uh, technology, man. Yeah, no kidding. He's like, who's this guy? <laughs> hey, come on. Tony knows who I am, all right? My bad. He's been on the show before. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that is pretty amazing. When uh, you, can, you can sit right beside somebody, it'll take longer to, to receive I know. that text. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it seems that way nowadays. <laughs> all right. We talked about the Australian race, but Josh, we did not talk about your week. Oh, my week. What happened? My week was pretty cool. I've been doing more design work for race cars. That's a lot of fun. Um, they all look the same. They all look the same, according to Brandon. So, um, but otherwise, had a good week. Uh, my son did basketball tryouts for the first time. That was interesting to see. Took him to a basketball game, and he got to see the physicality of it and to hear the crowd. There chant. is no physicality in there basketball. There is too. It's a little no, pushing around. Don't think so. You're not throwing hits. You're not body checking anybody. There is no physicality in basketball. No, but I did see on Facebook the other day, Stu Snyder got third place in an RC sprint car. What is up with that? Yeah, I mean, it's, he can he can wheel little cars too, not just the big ones. I guess. I mean, he's got. I mean, he's, he's getting got, he's getting lessons from Brandon Heitsch. That's for sure. Yeah, I see Brandon still beat him. I mean, but it it I'd be kind of neat to see that Brandon and him go after each other on a racetrack like that. But. I've been I've been teetering the idea of buying an RC car just for the heck of it, just not not to compete and not to because that can be just as get one of these little one RC yeah. cars. I mean, I have one. Josh has one. But you guys never play with them, though, do you? you no, you don't, you don't play them. with them, Brad. You, you nah, race them. I'm going to. I'm <laughs> but on, yeah, if, and if you get one, let's we can all go out there. We have a yeah. little quick time uh, league going there. And oh yeah, yeah. Hobby Town. If you get four or more cars you can have it i know Stu has one so Stu can come whip all our asses every week yeah so these could be us too what are they 100 bucks right around 100 150 bucks yeah i think when they first came out they were because they also have the midgets too yeah but that's like that's a little too small on these for these size of cars they're just a little too small i wonder if i know anybody that could help me get some logos to to put on i got a number for revolution wraps if you need it (laughs) dang Maybe wow. Stan up in Omaha. Stan Speedway help. Graphics been, might be able to help you out. I've been kicking around one of those where like tracks trucks. Actually, there, you know, if, Traxxas, if you want, if you want sprint car graphics, uh, Lance Todd. Lance Todd's the guy. Lance He's Todd, the guy. Yeah. If you need RC 
car graphics. He's a guy. He because what's nice, what Lance actually does is he's got the templates for it. So all he does is you tell him what all you want on it. He'll put it on there. He'll do Kyle Larson. And he car. can make you a car that looks like the TMC Sammy Swindell he car. Could. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. So yeah, he, but it's nice is it's all scaled to size, so you don't have to do a lot of work. Or if you want him to put it on, it's an extra, I think twenty thirty dollars. It's easy to put it on. I did my own. You can do it, Brad. I may have to give that a, another serious look at that. Go to go to Hobbytown USA and uh, Hobbytown has them in stock. Yeah, and right on the shelf. Yep, I know. The one downside to them, I will say, is if you were racing on an actual track, I don't think you need that big right rear. You almost need the two back tires to be the same size. Yeah, I got I got spares, man. I got different compound tires and everything. Didn't the first time you you took oh, it out, I wrecked you, the shit out, you ran it. it right into like a concrete. I, thing? I need to get a new frame. See, that's what I'm worried <laughs> about a hobby that. All hobbies get really expensive, and I, I'm just I just want to have a little bit of fun. But for for this hobby, I like I said, I, I wrecked my shit. Needed to get a new frame. Fifteen bucks. I had a new frame ready to go. So. <laughs> Fifteen dollars. Yeah, it's not the you didn't you know, send it to bitch no, slap, no big tire it's no not, tire charges or anything. Yeah, no, it wasn't the three grand for a new frame. You didn't need to take it down to EMI and get shit straightened. So <laughs> Frank might make it straight for you. You know, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, I might have to look into that a little bit harder. They're a lot of fun. I mean, I raced when I was younger, uh, the RC cars, like what Brandon Haichi races, it's addicting. I mean, once you buy your initial car for back then it was like 400, 500 bucks. The, the upkeep of it is anywhere from $10 to $60. I mean, it's not like it's super expensive. I mean, but it's when you get to the faster classes, now those guys spend money on their motors and Absolutely. things like that. No different than a big car. Yeah, get some of that tire prep going yeah, on and tire all prep. that sort of shit. I, you know, no. Sticky stuff give me a, Give me a stock class where, you know, bolt it on and go. Okay, they have Let those. me run the 305 version of these sprint cars, okay? <laughs> so hey. We, we do have a guest coming on tonight, and he's not actually in the race cave this, this time. It's kind of weird. I know. We got, we got a... A guy that the king of Tulsa, the king of Tulsa, and the the new victory fuel got Kevin Swindell coming on tonight. Got a Swindell, Brad. What do you think of that? Yeah, whatever. No, that's gonna be it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Pisser, my, my, piece of shit. My only com- issue is that he's been on the the podcast circuit, and so hopefully we can ask some questions that haven't been asked before, and and he doesn't get bored with some of our questions, but uh, it is what it is, and so hopefully we can have a pretty good interview with Kevin and uh, get some more information about this Victory Fuel and maybe see where he's he's planning on going with all this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of questions. Like, I did listen to a lot of the podcasts he was on, so I tried to frame my questions that weren't questions that got asked, which is not easy. I didn't listen to damn thing. <laughs> you don't I even know. listen to this one. So. I barely listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, I asked Brandon this morning when I got to work. I'm like, hey, did you listen to Kevin on nope. the Wing Nation one? Nope. nope. And I'm like, well, now I can't even talk to you about it because you haven't even listened to it. And he's like, well, I'm not going to listen to it, so too bad. Well, to be fair, I listened to it on the way out here because it's a freaking <laughs> long ass drive from I listen, my house to here. There is, is two drive. racing podcasts I listen to, and that's Dirt Tracker. I listen to that every day. Well, it's because it's 10 minutes long. Yeah, I, perfect. 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 It is perfect, I will say. <laughs> and Open Red. That's not out and, yet. And now the fact that Ross Weiss is bringing it back uh, next week, Brian Kemenaw coming on the show. I'm looking forward to that. Ross is a damn good podcast that's, host. It's a good, that's a really good podcast. I, I never listened to that one, only because yeah. I just started, you know, the last couple of years listening to podcasts, and he's been out for how long? Uh, last couple of years, a couple of years, and his mainly geared around the outlaws, right? Yes. The world of outlaws sprint car series, and most of, at least in the past, most of his interviews have been of uh, retired drivers and 
people that were formerly in the business, but they're retired now. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes from uh, from from the new version of Open Red. Well, the one nice thing about going after older drivers that aren't in racing is they'll let it anymore. fly. They'll let it fly, but they're easier to access as opposed to we do chase the who won the race this weekend type series and and that's how that's how we get like you know the kevin swindell who's making the podcast tour i mean he's, yeah. he's the one that's in the news now so yeah we reached out to tyler clem but uh he's he's ignoring us so uh um he's another one just won a big race last weekend so it's uh it is what it is but uh yeah we <clears throat> we try to pick an original idea but uh i mean <laughs> right now there's only so many winners and everybody reaches out to them so and and they have only so much time to spend doing these podcasts so i, I get it but uh, speaking of you know you mentioned tyler there a little bit a big one down there in florida how about mr ryan Timms, man just waxing the yeah. field down there he in volusia well he, he did start from the front row but still man he was a rocket ship what, lapped up to eighth lap, or something like that lap cars didn't slow him down the track was really racy i, I mean he, he was just you know he was so far out in front that the, the camera's didn't even show him very often because it, it it wasn't worth showing. He was just just a rocket ship. But they showed a lot of uh, Stenhouse and uh, uh, the race for second and third and stuff. Yeah, they were forth. trying to so, get at least some form of what yeah. you know com- competition going on. That's a hell of a way to start off your your twenty three campaign. That is interesting. He's wearing glasses. I mean, I've never seen him in a victory lane with glasses on. Well, you got to see, man. I'm looking at. You know, the two you, guys sitting you in front of me here, they both got glasses on. They do make <laughs> these things called contacts that, yeah. you know, you can so, put in your eyeballs. And So my question is, if you're wearing glasses... You got a question? Getting, yeah, I got a question. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so wearing glasses and you get in a wreck, can you technically... you could Those glasses can break inside your have helmet. You not seen, your open. Have you not seen the in-car camera of Mr. Billy Alley at Knoxville flipping his dick off and his glasses going, whoop, yeah. whoop, yeah. whoop, but they never broke. No, well, I mean they they're flopping around everywhere anymore. They're uh, you can you buy plastic lenses and then you can have them coated to where they they're shatterproof and stuff. So oh, okay, yeah, you don't. I mean, it rarely does a, a an eyeglass break and shatter. I mean, they there's ways around that. So because that make me nervous. I mean, I've seen football players try to wear glasses, but they're usually goggles. They're oh my really- God, who the hell? Cash. There it is. He's been <laughs> waiting so long. To use been I've been for waiting that. for that one. <laughs> Wow! Dang it! So, Brandon, how was your uh, weekend? Yeah, how was your weekend, Brandon? <laughs> what did I do? And I, Where's that button? You know, I didn't do. <laughs> I know who the no one really cares. I didn't really do anything, man. I just watched the Australia races. So, really? Yeah, well, I had no hockey this weekend. Stars were out of town. Uh, they sucked, and so I just stayed up late and watched the Australia races. I tried to stay not the the feature the finale. I tried staying up the whole night, and then well, that oh. didn't fucking happen. That's hard when you start watching and then they go to a commercial or a break and you're just like out. To me, there's no sense in that because then it just ruins your whole day. You're exhausted. So I took I mean, I didn't have anything going on, so I don't care if I slept all day. I got a nice seven hour nap and then I woke up, got my cup of coffee. Did some laundry, folded some clothes. You know? (laughs) Man, this is sounding so exciting. I you know, honestly, I, I I didn't do shit, so you know I, I went uh, with the uh, with the sprint car season starting supposedly this weekend. I went out and got it rained out. We, we have a big ass TV that we bought for the basement, and then I went and bought a sound bar to put out there. Oh man! And on the way home, I would get my phone. I they got rained out. I'm like, well, shit! I could have waited a little bit longer for this sound bar. You don't but, need uh, a, You don't need. Well, 
Brad, you don't need to go get a big ass TV for your basement sandbar. You just come over here. Josh has three That's TVs. True. You <laughs> could just come over here. You can watch. We just hang out and watch racing for, for the money it takes me to drive out here for. It might it might be cheaper. I could buy a couple sound bars. Oh man, <laughs> I got a sound bar sitting underneath my my uh, bar here. You could have just add. Oh really? Yeah, from upstairs. We uh, we mentioned you know the races down in Florida. Uh, local guy uh, Ryan Roberts. Yeah. yeah. Did I was well. surprised to surprised to see him down there. I knew his family was down there at uh, Disney on vacation, and I saw a Snapchat from Bobby Joe like, getting ready to go racing. I'm like, oh, well, killing two birds with one stone. My kind of vacation, though. Go out there, have fun with the kids you know, during the day, and go race at night. Yeah. Well, I think his he co-owns a company down there. Uh, is it like M M M and R M and R Manufacturing? Yeah. So I mean, he's already. I think we've we've sent stuff down to him. So it's it's kind of neat that he's able to do that. Just fly down there. Cars already there. I mean, you don't have to bring any couple of cars right? from the uh, Lance Moss stables. So. Yeah, I was kind of corn fused. They look exactly like his cars up here in Nebraska, but it was yeah. number 23 instead of number eight. But they are team cars to Ryan's 18 yeah. R that runs a weekly at Knoxville. But he, he, he did. A, I didn't, I didn't see what his results were on Saturday, but Friday he, he had a solid 15th place finish among 39 cars on a strange track. Uh, I was pretty proud of him. That was a pretty good night of racing for him. And that's a, pretty big track like big old half mile big old half mile. to me he's pretty pretty good at half miles i mean he's he races knoxville every now and then and he's pretty he's usually got pretty good speed and he had speed there i mean he wasn't one of those guys that just kind of floated around he was aggressive tried to go after it which is awesome to see a guy from nebraska do that so he, he, he had a, a solid solid trip down there so that was good for him we mentioned the all-stars getting rained out here where they're supposed to run what this weekend yeah, uh, was it Georgia? Yeah, yeah, they were supposed to run uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and watch Donnie Shots kick off the uh, the tour out there. You know, Josh I'm, saying, "I think Shots gonna run the All Stars." Uh, yeah, buddy. I'm anxiously awaiting the the paint scheme of the 15. They're, they they haven't released it. They keep teasing you, yeah. but uh, they they haven't released it yet. So uh, I think it'll be just a race time uh, presentation when they unroll it out of the, they roll it out of the trailer. So here you go is uh. Tyler Courtney going to be an outlaw and, or no. an all-star? He's going to uh, run the all-star. All-star. So he's what? Back-to-back, back, right? So he could be a three-peat? Three-time. Wow. I mean, is there any more left for him to do in the all-stars? I mean, win races, collect money. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easy. <laughs> you could say the same thing about Donnie Schatz and Steve yeah. Kinzer. Was there anything left for him? Yeah. yeah. Win the next race. That's true. So he only he only won like seven or eight last year. Which shoot for 15 this year. So on the outlaw, outlaw start next weekend, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Friday? pretty sure next Friday? weekend. Yeah. Who is your pick to win the outlaws next year or this coming this year? Sorry. Title, 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 title. Who's your title winner now? Right now, it's going to be hard to go against the drive for five, Mister Brad Sweet. I'm going for David Gravel. You know, I'm going for Sheldon. I think he's got it this year, and he's going to lock in and, and get one. Finally, did you not see what he just did in Australia. This, he came in second. What? I know, finish. but still. This is not a knock on him, but he has got to learn to finish every race. That's true. He cannot drop out of races and win the championship. Uh, a, a fourth place or a fifth place is better than a DNF, and he's a lot better than he has been in the last couple of years. Right. He's learning, but it, but he still has a lot of DNFs just because he's so aggressive. Got to be consistent. That's Absolutely. you know, win championships, you have to be consistent. Yep. And I mean, I, I would hope I'd love to see it because he's he's my new favorite driver because I've, everybody knows I've always been a Sammy fan. Well, Sammy's. Oh, I thought Logan was your new favorite driver. You're no. moving. You're moving no, on. What happened? No, it's he's never been my favorite. <laughs> I thought you were rooting for <laughs> Logan like, Schumacher. No, no, no. 
Well, I'm, I'm, his political views are way out of bounds for Uh-oh. me. So, <laughs> um, so I, I like Sheldon. Uh, he's he's aggressive. He's fast. He's always a factor. And uh, I have never, I haven't found my replacement driver for Sammy because Sammy was always a factor at every race he's ever been to. And in the last, pick a number five six years, it's not been that. Not to mention he's not been racing regularly. So I, I've I've struggled to find a driver that I really liked, and I really wanted to like Gravel and Shukart was in consideration. Um, I liked Darren Pittman, Paul McMahon, but it was never the the, the love that I had for Sammy. But now I'm st- I'm really liking this Sheldon. Hunt. You know, I never really had a, a favorite racer like I, before I started getting in, uh, into the sport, like you know, uh-huh. taking photos and all that sort of stuff. Going out as a fan, never really had a favorite driver. Uh, once I started taking photos and getting to know guys a little bit, you know, Shane Stewart was my guy, and I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Since Shane stopped racing, I really haven't found that one yet. Right. See, yeah. for me, it was always Mark Kenzer. I, I just because you know you had Steve Steve Kenzer, but Mark Kenzer was the younger one, and he's aggressive and he was he was good. I mean, like you said, he finished usually top ten each time, so he was always in contention, which was awesome. Yeah, and just a great personality in the sport, which to me, I usually gravitate to that more than normal. But, but yeah, so, um, but my son has really started liking Spencer based and, and so I've kind of been following him more. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. He's, he's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, otherwise Sheldon's kind of like you said, he's fun to watch. He's like, just like his dad was and probably even a little bit better. I think, I mean, he's going to probably be better by the end of his career. But yeah. But you gotta, you gotta finish races and if you're yeah. going to contend for the championship. Did you just say Sheldon's going to be better than his dad? I think dad? so. You don't uh, think so? At the end of their career. It's early, <laughs> but early. we're talking about the wild child right but, here. But my driver is Freddie Raymer Jr. He is the man. Even though he's not on the Outlaw Tour or the All-Stars, he is Mr. Pennsylvania. Oh, he's easy. Uh, you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. So. Uh, Mr. Pennsylvania, I think Mr. Danny Dietrich probably has a beat there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a several you think Mr. pennsylvania <laughs> you think you think pennsylvania racing uh sorry freddie i like you but your name's not at the top of that list right now not yet he's no, coming it can't be it can't be he's, he's yeah, a good driver he's, he's got nothing, talent absolutely there's nothing yeah. wrong with him but uh to, to say he's mr but if, if you throw out the <laughs> if you throw out pa posse to anybody right now i, I they're gonna they're gonna think guys like dietrich and probably and macri Dewey, macri like and deweese yeah but once i think once deweese retires uh, who's the next dude have you seen his crew i don't think they're ever gonna fucking retire <laughs> yeah. they'll probably all somehow pass away at a racetrack is it, and they're still gonna win the damn race they'll still win their like he'll win the race and the whole crew will be like well that, that was fun <laughs> what was it two years ago deweese was gonna lose his top wing and he still won the, yeah. won the race in williams grove Jeez. He's yeah a it's a what a time to be alive in Pennsylvania with with all those races and those those talented drivers. That's a you see uh see Babs got snowed out. Did they really? <laughs> they tweeted out they got a bunch of snow. Well, we're gonna cancel for the weekend. Hey, those guys will race. They, no, they, no they, were, Josh, there was no race scheduled. What? They, I mean, it's kind of they were trying to be funny. That still, they still probably would have raced they, if it was they, clear and go. They've had races in, yeah. in Lincoln, Lincoln. Lincoln, I seen yeah. piles of snow Absolutely. on. Yeah. I've seen it with their stocking caps on, face masks on. They're ready to go. I've been trying to talk to my wife and, and my kids. We're talking about vacations for the summer. I was like, we should go to Pennsylvania. And they're like, what is there to do in Pennsylvania? History lesson, man. That's what I Like All this stuff we can do. And then at night, That's we go sweet. to the races. Her, What's wrong her, with that? Hershey Amusement Park is yep. so cool. Where's that at? Hershey. Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know what they make there? Chocolate. 
All right. Just, we we just stumbled across it. Just checking, Josh. Sometimes we, I wonder. We were going to Williams Grove. My wife, daughter, mother-in-law, and myself, we were going to go to Williams Grove, and we stumbled across Hershey's Park. And, uh, <laughs> and you missed the damn race, didn't we, you? We didn't know, we went, <laughs> that we, didn't we didn't know what it was about, so uh, we really never even heard of it. So the the the, the parking attendant goes, how long are you going to be here? And we're like, an hour, hour and a half. We uh, get there, he's we're like, like oh, oh, that ain't enough we, time there, bud. We spent the whole day there. It, it was a really cool amusement park. And uh, has it got rides or is it like attractions? It, it's uh, rides, attractions. Uh, we took a little tour of the facility and they had a, a really cool skit. Um, they had a kid that would get on the bus and tell you about this part, and then he would jump off the bus and then he would put on a different costume and he'd get back on the bus. and You'd be like, How in the hell did he do that? But uh, it was a really cool magic. skit, but uh, magic. My, magic. My daughter was old enough where she thought it was magic, and if she's like, Wow, <laughs> my son would be like, That's awesome. But uh, no, it's, it's a cool area, but uh, yeah, we just booked our trip to Rapid City, South Dakota. We're gonna go for 10 days up there in, in uh, Mount Rushmore and camping, spend the fourth of July bringing the, bringing the camper up there. Yep, nice. We're gonna go to three different campgrounds. So, it's gonna, gonna go any cool. races. I doubt if there was any up there. I mean, I'll, I'll check Black Hill Speedway, but uh, I doubt that there is any. They don't race at least sprint cars very often up there anymore. But, yeah, no, when I was out there at Williams Grove, man, I, I definitely wish I had more time. I, I was yeah. out there for, for hockey, and that took up a lot of my days. So the the few moments I got to sneak away, I went out to Williams Grove. But just dr- that drive out there to to the racetrack is like, dude, I could spend all day just looking at shit out here. Yeah, it's, really? it's cool. It's that neat. The abandoned amusement park right across the street. So yeah, so if you can talk your wife to going, they'll they'll have fun. Okay, I'll definitely bring that up because usually if I can pitch it as in we're all gonna have fun, we usually go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be neat just to go see some of those racetracks that are up there. You know what I mean? Got to get yourself some Bickler's uh, French fries. I thought uh, first thing to do when you get to the racetrack. I thought Lincoln Speedway was really cool, and, and you know Williams Grove and Lincoln both have a tunnel underneath the corner, so you can walk underneath it throughout the races and go back and forth. I stood in the infield of of Lincoln and watched the races. That was really a cool experience. Even though Brand says standing in the middle, middle of the infield is not, it's not the best view, but yeah. it's a cool fucking experience. It's a cool experience. You, 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 miss, you miss a lot of the track, that's for sure. But can uh, kids go down there? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Oh my gosh, my yep. kids would go insane. You bring your own cooler or whatever you put in it. You just can't have glass, so. Plastic bottles, aluminum cans. They don't even care how big it is. They just bring your own stuff. Wow. There you go. I I like it. That sounds good. I I do want to see Port. So if you had to say what's the top track to go see out there that you've been to? Historically, at Williams Grove, I I think, historic-wise. But I think if you want to watch a badass race, Port Royal is the place to go. Port Royal is on my bucket list. Two years ago, we had the trip booked, planned, paid for, and everything and then I had a stupid attack, and we had to cancel everything. So uh, what happened? That was <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we had it. We were going to go for the Tuscarora Fifty. We were going to pick up a Steelers game on that Sunday. Hell yeah, yeah Steelers! We, we were going to do it all, and it was all planned and everything. And then I got stupid, and uh, we had to cancel everything. And and but we're going to go back at some point to go to. Port Royal. I want to see Port Royal. That'd be a lot of fun, that's for sure. Definitely. Let's take a break, guys. We'll be back with the uh, king of Tulsa, Mr. Kevin Swindell. 
Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world, featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport, and great one-on-one -on -one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers, or get your subscription today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. At Charter West Bank Mortgage Center, we know that it's more important now than ever to find a smart mortgage that fits your needs. We're locally owned, and Charter West Bank Mortgage Center is a leader in Nebraska mortgage lending for first-time home buyers and all types of loans. Our local mortgage team at Charter West is here to help. Give us a call. Charter West Bank Mortgage Center. Nebraska born, Nebraska owned, Nebraska values. Charter West Bank, the power of the eagle. Equal housing lender. Yeah, you damn right I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Steve Kemp. Nobody wasn't happy with me for crowding them, but shit, I want to win. Hey, come here, come here. Come here, come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, guys, joining us on the phone now is the king of Tulsa, Mr. Kevin Swindell. Kevin, uh, been a busy couple of weeks for you, but how are you doing on this uh, Wednesday night? Not too bad. Just uh, trying to now get away from the, the Tulsa kind of blur and, and get back to the real world a little bit. So, um, yeah, just trying to get the rest of the year planned out now. So do, when do you start to lock down a schedule of kind of the races you're going to go to? Um, I mean, normally sooner than now, I and mean, you know, this year I had obviously a little bit more on my plate than, than normal. So, um, you know, haven't really dug through much of it, obviously like the high limit stuff and, and stuff like that we poke through, but just haven't really set anything in stone yet. So, um, just trying to get all settled back in and, you know, now dealing with all the kind of new side of the victory field stuff and shipping those orders and trying to deal with that as well. So, um, just uh, kind of waiting to, to really get everything else in, in good shape before we worry about where we're going to race. Since I mean, normally we, we don't race until like May or so at the earliest most years. You mentioned shipping out all those victory fuel things. I saw photos of your shop is looking like a warehouse right now. Yeah, there was, uh, there's not a lot in there now. There, there was a decent amount before and, um, you know, luckily had, had good success with it at, at shootout and chili bowl and then have been shipping it every day since. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going away, scrambling, trying to figure out how to, uh, to get more made now is, is becoming my biggest obstacle. Yeah, it definitely seemed like at the chili bowl, everyone had a can in their hand or had one of those uh, tumblers, I think. And so you just saw it everywhere. That was a great advertising for you. Yeah, it all worked out really good. Um, I've kind of had cans since like September ish and, and didn't really know how to, how to go about kind of starting it and 
felt like if, if we could go in there and, and sell, you know, two people and, and be able to kind of do some sample stuff and whatever, that would be the best opportunity to kind of be in a place where at least, you know, people trust that you're giving them something that, that they're going to like, hopefully. So, um, yeah, it was a good, good way to start. I know Josh brought some back with him when he was down in the chili bowl for all of us here at, at the studio. And we've been drinking the shit out of it, but not as much as Josh's kid. I think he drank four cans the first oh, night, man. My son <laughs> loves it. Like this morning, it was a funny story. My daughter had a red bull and she's getting ready to open it. And he goes, I got something better. And he goes and grabs out the victory field. He goes, I'd rather drink that than drink what you have because mine's better. And she's like, well, that's true. But she's like, just leave me alone. <laughs> but it was pretty cool to see him say that. Yeah. One thing I think it's important is, is we need to distinguish that this is not a Red Bull type drink. This is more for, for hydration, correct? Yeah. It's, it's basically just, you know, flavored water really, um, you know, no caffeine, no carbonation, nothing like that. It's, it's kind of uh, a sports drink, you know, and, and maybe with the vitamins and stuff in it, you can maybe consider it a recovery drink almost as well. So um, just lots of electrolytes and, and kind of got the sugar down lower than, than what like your normal yeah. Gatorade and stuff is. So yeah, we kind of, we kind of did a review on it the the first first podcast after the chili bowl, and all three of us were pretty happy with it. There's no uh, aftertaste. Uh, sometimes you get a a little bit of a bad after aftertaste on the backside and so forth. But uh, I think you, you I don't know how you designed it and who you designed it with, but uh, you you did a really good job with this. It's a uh, it's a, a really uh, tasty drink to have, and it's uh, just the cans are too small. I love your design, though. That that design on these cans are really, really cool. Yes, it's all came came together well. So uh, a business that I had had no idea how to do, and, and now I'm scrambling around trying to buy, you know, sugar and flavor and vitamins and all this stuff the last few weeks, and in a way bigger hurry than I thought I was going to have to. So uh, it's, it's definitely a learning experience, but uh, I'm fun with it. It's, de- it's definitely a good problem to have, and I know uh, parking that uh, the thirty nine uh, Victory Fuel car in Victory Lane definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, couldn't have asked for a better way to start with, you know, getting the, you know, Gavin and Victory Lane at the shootout with with all that down there, and and being able to get it, you know, in everything, and then obviously the week we had at that Chili Bowl with it, you know, really really branded on everything, and and you know, couldn't ask for, for better really to go. And, um, you know, just in general, but on top of, of launching a new business, you know, with it all. Well, you clearly got a lot of support because, uh, the month of the, or the week of the chili bowl, uh, the number of tweets, uh, with people holding on victory fuel and so forth was, was really impressive. And then I think, uh, your wife posted a picture of, uh, the, the number of boxes that you were shipping out like the week after was, was amazing. So it's awesome that you stumbled across something here that, uh, there's clearly a need for it. And so, uh, and I love your oil tank on the midget, that thing, the way you wrapped it, that was, that was pretty sweet too, man. (laughs) That's not easy to do either. (laughs) Yeah. They kind of looked at me funny when I said that actually my, my wife said something about, I think crumb or somebody had a, like a blue one not too long ago. And she was like, we need a, like a red one or something like that. And I just said, well, why don't we just make it a, a victory fuel can? And then it was like, well, I don't know if we can actually do it. So, um, <laughs> kind of just gambled on the vinyl staying on it and not melting or doing anything silly and, and really didn't think it all the way through on that end until after it already been done. But luckily it, it didn't affect it at all. 
No, but I definitely like the the red on one side, the white on the other side. That definitely gave it something different. I mean, seeing it on the track, you could see that car a mile away. I mean, it was that that bright. It made us photographers have to work. You have to get the inside shot, and you got to go on the outside to get the outside shot. It made us work. <laughs> you could just flip the panels around, you know. <laughs> well, well, Kevin, you've been on the uh, circuit of podcasts here the last week and a half or so, so I don't know what questions we can ask you that you haven't already um, been asked. But uh, we're, we're trying to we would like we try to be original here without asking those same uh, same old questions. But uh, um, when when you decided, the way I understand it, you didn't have a lot of time to build this midget for the chili bowl correct you guys kind of got a late start but it uh, obviously it turned out well for you with with logan and so forth but uh what kind of a, a a time frame were you under to get this midget done because i know when you and your dad were racing together you, you guys say you kind of tinkered with them all year long and it obviously paid off but now with this one you you had like uh, a week or two to put this together is that correct um i mean not really like i just struggled to get all of the parts until very late like i had a lot of it like during the summer really probably like june july i had I had a decent amount of stuff i just didn't have a frame um you know and a lot of little pieces and stuff and finally got a frame like the end of august and then um yeah, kind of a lot of things waited on me having that and then some things waited on if if this piece was there to put it on and see how it went and if i needed this or that kind of stuff and um just a lot of that went on for forever all the way up until you know week of or the week in between shootout and chili bowl so it was just tough getting the parts in there and then for a midget like the sprint car stuff is is pretty straightforward like everything fits everything's kind of built to size and built right um whereas the midget stuff it just seems like not everything's so kind of this is the way it's supposed to be and somebody's worked on it a bunch for it to be that exact way like there's just, just seems to be a lot of things that are kind of up to your own kind of opinion of how you build cars i would say so um yeah just kind of going through some things the way I like to do it on the sprint car. And, and I feel like maybe we didn't cut a few corners that a lot of the guys do when they just throw the cars together quickly. And, um, yeah, just, it, it probably could have been nicer, honestly, if I had more time to wait on more stuff to get done, but I would just got to the point where the time to get the next thing made to do this or the next thing size was, was just running out of time. But, um yeah it felt like we only had a week when went up till you know friday night the thing would not bleed the brakes out and then um saturday thought we'd start in port city and it just would not fire and oh, came to realize that just when we got it they had left a little bit of fuel up in the the barrel valve there and it had seized it up a little bit and i think when we tried to you know get it moving again we we rotated that uh, arm just a little bit so then it wouldn't basically just wouldn't bleed by and let it idle so we we're just kind of pushing it and it would fire but it wouldn't pull away from from the truck so fought that for a little while that day and then had to get the tools to fix it and, and so uh never got to practice or test or anything but you know just made sure we were completely ready by the the, the time you know we had to go sunday morning 
that had to be pretty damn frustrating. I had to, I worked on my snowblower the other day and I was so pissed off at that thing. <laughs> and, and, Compare it to a snowblower. That, that pales in comparison to a midget, but man, I was so mad. <laughs> you know, and you yeah. go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. No, it's weird. Like the, there's so much stuff on these things that are exactly like the sprint cars almost are exactly like what we do, but it just is a little bit different to the point that like, you just got to do stuff, you know, differently. And, <laughs> That was like we had all the brake stuff hooked up the way that you know I would hook it up on the sprint car, and it takes ten minutes, and it just it just didn't like it. <laughs> now is this piece just a uh, chili bowl purpose only car, or are we going to see this may possibly out on the track throughout the season anywhere else? No, it's it's kind of um, it could do whatever. It it wasn't built as like a lightweight car per se. Um, I mean, it's it's probably the same tubing size and thickness as what a lot of the lightweight guys' cars are, unless. You know, I think some of those guys have built like really light cars and gone even thinner yet. But um, I think that's just a couple guys. But no, that's like Tanner, I think. And some of those guys all have those cars. If you look at like the ladder mounts and stuff, they have like holes all drilled in them. And like just little stuff like that. That's some added, you know, lightweight features. And, and mine doesn't even have that. So um, we'll see. I, Tim is is like originally I would have, I was going to send the motor back, obviously, and it go back to his payment cars. And now he's like gung ho about just don't touch that thing. Leave it alone. It's staying in <laughs> the car. So now I've at least got a motor sitting there for me. If, um, you know, if I want to do something and just have to see who's, who's around to drive it and, and kind of what there is. And I looked at the extreme schedule the other day and I was hoping that somewhere in there, they would pay more than five grand and, they don't so that kind of disheartened me a little bit but um i think like indy and, and a couple of things pay decent and uh would be fun to do so i know we'll it's, see it's i know it's quite a haul for you but we have a ten thousand to win midget race here in fairbury nebraska and i think the middle of july so is that was that the usac race yeah, yeah. i got gotcha. you it's a two-day show isn't it yeah two-day show but 10 grand to win so if that enticed you to come out we love we would love to see the victory field yeah, car awesome yeah i gotta like i i wish more more of the series would actually post their race by by payout like it's it's sometimes you almost don't even know that that some of these races exist or you know they pay well so yeah i just i, I gotta get to digging on on all this stuff now that i got more options and you know there's just 360 stuff kind of available to me too now so just try to figure out what, what makes the most sense and, and what's the most fun and what's not going to burn up these 300 and something dollar tires that they are now instead of, you know, 200 like they used to be. Well, selfishly, if you race at Fairbury, it'll save me on shipping and handling for the victory fuel. <laughs> That's all Brad's worried about here. <laughs> so going back to the driver's side of it, how do you find these drivers that you put in your car? I mean, do you just do a research or something like that. I know the guy is giving me grief because I could sit and watch, you know, the race on TV and stuff like that. But how do you seem to find these guys that fit your mold of how you like the drivers? Um, I mean, I, I just, for one thing, I just watch everything that, that basically races. Like if, if especially sprint car stuff and, you know, if it, it gets run on flow at night or whatever it is, like, and I'm not doing anything I watch. And, and even when we get done racing a lot of the time, like I'll, I'll flip on and see what's even running. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm kind of at the heartbeat of, of sprint cars in general, you know, when it comes to those guys and, um, you know, just trying to judge off of what they're in and the car that they're in. And sometimes you can, you can almost gauge that a guy, you feel like a guy kind of carries a car a little bit or, or vice versa and try to figure out who's, 
you know, really capable. So, um, a lot of the time I just, I feel like, you know, like with Sanders and some of these guys, it's just guys that are very deserving of it and, and come in and, and put their head down and, and really are, are excited about coming and getting to do it. So, um, had good luck with it, you know, so far and, and, you know, it's like getting Justin in the nationals was, was really cool with him as little as he's run, you know, on a half mile and stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I gotta, I gotta see what's going to happen this year. I don't, I don't know what his availability is and may have to go to the drawing board again and, and go hunting one, but I think it's getting, it's getting thinner and, and thinner right now of guys that don't have, you know, full-time gigs. So we'll just have to see. So when you're picking a driver, I know, I know cause I have a couple of friends of mine that race and they tell me that sometimes it's an advantage as a, a driver. If you know how to work on the car, how many, how is that kind of an advantage if they kind of know their way around the car? Like, working on it not just being the race car driver but actually helping out with that side of it sometimes um you know the guys that are are kind of crew chief inclined or are good because they can they can really talk things out with you sometimes and um but overall it's not a big deal like i think guys that understand to an extent are, are kind of good enough. Like you, you don't need anybody that's like super, you know, ready to tune their own car. Like sometimes that almost is, is worse for you. And they have kind of preconceived ideas. And, and I think sometimes they can sit back and not agree with how your idea is because they, they kind of feel like they know that side of stuff and it can almost get harder because, you know, it's like, they don't like what you did, but then they got to get in and drive it. So then they're already frustrated and, you know, their mind's not in the right place. So, I think it's a, a balance of a lot of things and um, you know, you're, you're definitely to some extent always trying to keep their brain happy. You know what I mean? It's like, you, it's, there's times when you almost don't have to d- adjust stuff. Like they come in and say things and you just have to know a little bit that like it, it doesn't get any better. So you just got to go suck it up, but you'll tell them that, you know, you did this or that to make them feel like, you know, you're working on the problem or something. So there's, there's a million ways to, to skin it. I mean, when your car's good, you don't really need a guy to talk at all. Just go out and, and hold his foot down and drive the thing. It's, I think it's just when it comes down to, you know, when you're struggling or you get behind or, or guys are, you know, cars just feel like they're better than yours for a little bit. It's, it's digging yourself out of that hole is, is when you need that guy that's, you know, a little bit more inclined to that stuff. It's interesting you say that. It reminds me of a story my dad told me. Um, my dad used to be a crew member on our sprint car back in the 70s, and, and there was one race the, the Dean Ward, the driver, come in and after a hot lapse and said, this car is the worst car he's ever driven. we got to fix it. we got to change it. So the crew chief got some wrenches out and just started tapping on things and pretending he was turning bolts and nuts and stuff. He goes out there and wins the heat race and comes in and says, man, that's the best heat, best race car I've driven in a long time. And, and they didn't change a thing on it. Just It just it fixed the guy's the driver's brain a little bit is all it was now were you that were you that that way when you were driving kevin or did you want to be hands-on and kind of setting up your own race car it didn't matter to me i think i knew enough that i probably you know at times was was frustrated with with who i was dealing with i think because of of things like that and but i think sometimes it's just a matter of, of putting your head down and dealing with it and i think the thing about when you when you work on your own car and you drive it, the, the kind of beauty there is that if you mess it up, it's your fault. So, you know, it's, there's nobody to be upset with. So, so pretty much you just have to, you know, really put your head down and, and try to make up for, 
you know, what you messed up. And I think, you know, there's times where that's, that's really good. And I've always felt like, you know, when you can get a guy in there that you can at least have enough of a conversation with where you can go, you know, do you think that's the route we should go? And they're, you know, they can agree. So it's almost like, you know, they have a little bit of accountability for, for the decisions that were made. And I think that, you know, improves the situation just because they, they know they were part of the boat, you know, of or part of what got them in this situation. So kind of curious, I always ask this question to a lot of the guests we have on because I'm always curious to know how did, like when you started racing, what did you start in? Just like a flat cart. And then like, as you progress, like we have a lot of kids around here. Like we had a guest on last week, Cole Vanderheiden, and he, he basically went from a go-kart to a micro to a sprint car in three years. I mean, do you think that that's a good path to start or do you should you know, they stay in maybe one level for a little longer just to learn how to do it? It just depends. I mean, I don't think the, the like flat cart stuff, I don't think you're, you're going to learn a lot from, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a deal where it's mostly about how good the cart is that you have. And um, I think you learn to race a little bit, but it's, it's not a big gain. I think the micros, you know, it's good to spend some time, but um I think a lot of times it just depends on how many times you race. Like you can say a guy moved along really quickly in three years, but did he run, you know, 80 micro races in, in that one year or, or did he run like eight? So I think that's the kicker is I think sometimes, you know, some of these, you know, families or whatever are able just to, to have access to, to race so much now with, with the way some of these programs are set up and, you know, being able to fly here and drive a guy's car and fly there and do whatever. So, um, I don't know if there's a perfect amount of time. I think you can sort of watch and, and if you know what you're looking at, you know, kind of when a guy's ready, I think it's just every time you stick them in traffic in a new car, that's, you'll know right away if they were ready for it, you know, that day. And I mean, I've watched it. Like we took Bochel this year to run the sprint car, um, I think it was, yeah, it would have been the first time. And I mean, the first night we were like terrible, you know, hanging on to like barely make it out of a heat race at a USCS race. And then, um, you know, rode around and passed a few cars and hung in there. And I think we ran, you know, 12th or 13th or something. And then you basically, you sleep on it and you come back the next night and we were probably going to win and had a steering line break. So it's, I think some of those curves for some kids, like they click really fast. I think it's just a matter of how kind of mentally tough and built they are um, is, is really how well they're going to progress and how quick they're going to progress from that point. I mean, there's a lot of kids that you can take and it don't take them, but a few laps to run around there in a sprint car or whatever it is. It's just making decisions that don't get you crashed or, or, you know, don't put you in the fence or make mistakes really bad is, is a whole different story. You know, that's something we had a guest on Billy alley and he said, that's part of things that probably cost him a lot of rides is because he, you know, raced a non-wing car and tore it up and then didn't really get invited back or raced a late model, tore that up. Didn't get invited back. Made some bad decisions. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting how that you're judged on that one time that that happened, but yet you can jump in a sprint car like Billy did and, you know, win the 360 nationals and, stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting how 
like you said, the arc of a driver and stuff like that. It's kind of neat to hear it from someone that's kind of been in it and had to, you know, do that climb and understand how each level is. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, like they talked about with some stuff on Logan and Logan feeling like, you know, he was surprised that, you know, we even brought him back this year a little bit because of how kind of a tough of a year he's had. And, um, you know, it's just a deal where I've, I felt like I've watched him do everything correctly on plenty of occasions. It just seems like sometimes the, the car's just not there for him, but you know, to the naked eye, some guys would just instantly feel like, Oh, this, this guy doesn't have it anymore. And it's, it just doesn't really work like that. I, I think there's times where like you go away and you can really lose it, but it's, it's tough. If, if, as long as you can just get a guy back in a good mindset, I think most of the time you can put them right back to, to where they were as long as, as long as it's not a deal where it's like, you know, the, I think the wing cars are these days where they just, their attitude and the way that they feel is so polar opposite to the, you know, way they were like 15, 20 years ago for like some of these guys that I feel like some of the older guys now struggle searching for a feel that you really just can't get anymore. So that's, that's kind of really the only evolution I think that it happens. I think you see it in the stock cars a lot when the stock cars change rules package, you know, guys really come and go and are able to, to drive certain cars and some just aren't. So then I guess I do. I was kind of curious when, like last summer you kept hearing about in the midgets, how dirty sliders and stuff like that. How much as a car owner, I mean, do you think that, that the sport kind of, it's hard to hear that when people say it, even though sometimes it could be just how the racing was. Do you feel like midget racing has got kind of to that level where it's more of a, a push to try to be the best, to get there the fastest, as opposed to a grind it out, learn how to do it and do it right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the Toyota development stuff put a, a weird <clears throat> kind of a weird, you know, deal on that and kind of made these kids feel like if they don't come in and, and win races by the time they're like 17, that, you know, it's not going to work out. And that's like your only way to, to NASCAR or whatever it is. So, um, you know, I, I think they're all just trying way too hard and they're not in situations where there's really any accountability for, for crashing. There's no, like, nothing really changes too much. Like you crash a few too many times and you kind of get scolded about, Hey, we need to be better. But like a lot of them, I feel like they just crash those things and and get out and wait for them to fix it. Like it's, you know, they just know it's going to be there. And I I think when you race with, you know, the, the knowledge that nothing's going away really, no matter what I do wrong, it's just hard to, you know, to, to be like the old days of, or when a lot of us were, were racing to, you know, put food on the table or to, to whatever it may be. Like there's a big difference in racing for a living and, and kind of just, I'm here if this works out. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'll, I'll go do whatever else. You know, Kevin, we probably could keep you here for hours, you know, talking the ins and outs of all the sprint car racing. I know you have vitamins and sugar and flavoring to go <laughs> go hunt down and, and buy. Um, I want to thank you for jumping on. But before I let you go, um, is there going to be a, an announcement anytime soon when we're going to see the uh, 39 Swindell Speed Labs car uh, back on the track and maybe a driver announcement? Uh, no, nothing planned out yet. Um, I'll probably look at, at stuff a lot like the next few days and this weekend to see um, – yeah, I just don't know what I'm, I'm, I've been waiting actually three days to send one of my motors back that the truck never showed up for some reason the last couple of days to ship one of my motors back to Ryder so that I'm, 
I'm fresh and ready to go. But um, yeah, luckily I, I kind of, when we started doing Gavin stuff, I'm, I'm over prepared parts wise, which is probably better than a lot of guys are because of how hard it is to get stuff. So we're pretty much ready to go. I mean, it's, it's sitting there mostly the way it was when we left Charlotte, I think, you know, ready to basically sit back on my ground if we really wanted to. So we'll, uh, we'll see what's, what's out there. And, um, may see us with gavin maybe before you know you see the the 410 stuff out even so we'll see well there's a pretty high paying race at eagle raceway this summer uh, about june i think it is so you have time to get that 39 put together and from my understanding there's going to be even more money put into the purse than what's been announced with the high limits oh yeah there's supposed to be a lot more coming in the purse and that, nice. that track is a really cool one-third mile that's been missing 360 and 410 racing for hey, several kevin's years ripped now. around that place a few times yeah oh yeah yeah i remember kyle was kyle was dead set on that being on the series i remember i talked to him after putnamville and that was like one of the tracks that was high on on his list of where he wanted to go definitely we like it so hopefully we'll see you guys out there and if we do we'll make sure we stop by and uh, pick up some more of that victory fuel yes sir all right kevin thanks for joining us tonight thanks kevin thanks for coming on all right guys that was uh kevin swindell the king of tulsa we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience with over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages, with over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Join Stars Photographer BA and Off-Ice Official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. Where we talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see fans come back in droves and and be such a great supporter for us i might have to throw my roommate on the bus Uh oh i think sato doesn't have the best tape job he actually just spray painted all his sticks white um on the bottom of them i think uh he's copying some some nhl or he's looking up to but i don't know i think it's dusty i think a lot of guys think it's sick though (laughs) to let him in penalty minutes back before they handed out those little 10 minute wussy misconducts on everything but 265 (laughs) thunderstruck the podcast all season long right here on the anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. <laughs> I want that added. <laughs> 
shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that like was frightening. Welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. Now, this is the part of the show where most of you are going to turn off the radio because <laughs> the interview is over. Uh, unless you're Josh, who skipped over the interviews when he wasn't on the show and wanted to listen to his bullshit a little bit more. That's true. We have some topics to dive into. Josh, what's first on the agenda? So, I'm going to start at the top of the topics that I have. Even though Brandon was like, no. said, should the Hall of Fame do more about picking who goes into the Hall of Fame instead of somebody being nominated? Do you not know how Hall of Fame's work, sir? How does it work? How does how does enlighten me on how the one around here works? You need to be nominated. The committee decides on those nominations who's going to get in and who's going to stay out. But why why wouldn't they look into the numbers? At least seeing you know, like in baseball, is it you don't hear about like King Griffey Jr. being nominated? He, he was nominated by the Baseball Writers Association of America, voted in by those exact same guys. So, but. I guess my comment on this is you would think there's certain guys that it should be a no-brainer that they should be in it regardless of being nominated by somebody. Hey, you guys agree? agree? If you don't like the system, man, start your own damn Hall of Fame. You could. Quick time Hall of Fame. I don't like the process. Uh, There's... There's... I don't know what else to say that I just don't like the process uh, there's people that should be in it that are not. And there's, in my opinion, people that have in the last that are three in or it, four that years, not be in, yeah. the only thing they've done for sprint car racing in Nebraska is longevity. They, they hardly want to race, but they were in it for 40 years. And then you know the what? Hall of Fame. So I, I will I make one guarantee about a hall of fame that none of us three sons of bitches are going to ever be in it. <laughs> well, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing about the hall of fame. I know for sure. Cause who's going to nominate us? Crickets. That's exactly <laughs> who's going to nominate. Not a damn buddy. So, so next question. Next question. Um, That's where I should have played. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? So going to my question I posted <laughs> on Facebook that I got grief about from Brandon. It's not uh, a very good question because you know what? I'm going to both. You don't I'm, pick one. I'm going to both. So, it, well, then never mind. No, no, go, no. You, you read the, the question. So and, this week's and, question and submit is, some answers. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you asking them questions, and there That's five true. people replied. You gotta at least tell us. Say so the this week's question is: If you had to pick one race to attend this season between the Alley Memorial and the High Limits, which one would you pick? Uh, the first person right off the bat. I mean, it was within like ten minutes of me posting it last night. Stu Snyder. I'm going to try to run both. But the Stewart Alley Memorial Race means a lot more to me than the other. So I'd say because of that man taught me in life. Wait, he taught me in life and always was a friend that no matter what dumb shit. Give me the I did, cliff, I did. cliff no version, please. <laughs> you know, Basically, if, if Josh could honor. read. Um, you guys had me read. It's crazy. Really, all of them were saying that they want to go to both and they're going to go to both. James right. Rowland. Simple. All of them. All of them. Yeah. So, but a lot of people said, though, that they would pick the Alley Memorial 
because of what the meaning behind it. You know what I mean? Which makes a lot of sense from a local standpoint. As as a local who is not a local right now, Mr. Isaiah Drought, it's definitely a toss-up. The high-limit race should be a good one on the edge of your seat racing, but the Alley Memorial Race has a special place at Eagle with the history of Billy and their family starting their careers in the 360 sprint car racing. Either way, I hope both shows are successful and they get support. They need to continue hosting more non-305 races. Brad would agree I, with that. I agree. They need to have some special shows there, but it's not my racetrack, so... Well, and then Cole, the best one of all. I'm just happy to be able to watch sprint cars with real horsepower out at Eagle. <laughs> Says uh, the uh, crew chief of Preach. the year out there at Eagle Raceway with uh, Joey Danley, 305. Ouch. You know. Uh, I mean, Joey, <laughs> what, do you, what, what are your thoughts about your crew chief dogging your race car there a little bit, buddy? <laughs> you know, that, that high limit race, uh, it's looking like it's going to have a pretty decent uh, field of cars. Uh, Macri announced his schedule. He's going to go. De- Sounds like, Ke- I mean, Kevin had knew it was on the schedule. Yeah. He's looking at the high limit stuff. So uh, Dietrich's going to be there. Uh, Rico, uh, right. The good nose got it on his schedule. I expect we, we guys can, like Brian Brown will be there. Brian um, Brown. Yeah. Probably Austin McCarl. I, I'm like not sure Terry. what his you plans Terry are. Would come? Terry's 360 racer now, man. I'm He's gonna, getting old. Ian, Ian Madsen, Kerry Madsen. I, I bet you, I'm starting to think we're going to have 30 plus cars there. I bet we have Ryan Timms and all them guys, too. I mean, it's going to be one heck of a show. Ryan's will be all up to the midget schedule, so. Uh, well, no midget racing that Tuesday no, night. Yeah. Well, but if, if they're in. Uh, there's airplanes. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, do you really think a Durst sponsorship car is not going to be at the racetrack right in Durst's backyard? That's true. They'll all be parked out at the Lincoln Auto Auction, if I had to guess. That was, you know, you mentioned that, you know, being parked out there at the Lincoln Auto Auction, man. Back in the day when the Outlaws came to came to Eagle Raceway, man, the, one of the coolest things to do was drive around to the hotels and see who all you saw. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even going by Durst on O Street and seeing all those trailers parked out there. That was really cool to see them. They'd be working on the cars right out in the, the lot. Right out in the lot. The Howard Johnson down there on uh, 53rd-ish in Cornhusker. Man, yep. always had Steve Kinzer down there, the Kinzer Racing Stable, Jason Sides down there. Sammy was always there. Always a fun place that, to hunt down race cars. That was primarily the headquarters. Most of the teams were there. So um, there were there were a few others spread out. But, uh, yeah, there were, that was always the fun thing to do. Just yeah. drive by. <laughs> Two o'clock in the afternoon, man. I know they're not at the racetrack yet, but, you know, let's go drive by and see who we see. Hey, might as well. No different than going to the Knoxville. where I met Aaron Crocker the first time was in a hotel parking lot. Really? Yep. Eagle Raceway. Uh, Please elaborate. Yeah, let's hear this. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. I you dirty sons of bitches. But no, I mean, you know, when they came down to the race Eagle, man, that's what we did. We drove around and she was out there working on a race car. I'm like, we'd stop and bullshit and talked a little bit. And it's where I first saw or met Tyler Walker in the 35 car. I met Casey Kane. What, a hotel parking lot or a back alley? (laughs) Hotel parking lot, the Howard Johnsons or whatever. It had so many names. Holiday Inn, and now it's a... You don't even want to go there now. It's it's a I think it's a Motel Six. Now. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's a, a sketchy, uh, sketchy place. Well, one of the nice things for it's me, it's a cockroach motel. One of the nice things for me, whenever the outlaws would come, since I was good friends with Phil, I mean, I could go down there and meet them all. I mean, that was one of the coolest things is that I could say, oh, I met Casey Kane or I met Mark Kinzer, and they would talk to you or the dude. You know, it was always a neat. Daniel Sosky, if you're not first, or you're first at Durst. That is Don't true. you remember That's those old commercial. commercials on TV? <laughs> Brand keeps saying we should have Phil on the show so he can just use that commercial bite. I want to. I want to get Phil on the show and or even Lasaski or Mark Kinzer. And I'll, I'll, I have those commercials out on all VHS days. I can dub out and be like, "You're first at Durst." That'd be awesome. <laughs> Buy this 1996 Chevy Cavalier, twenty five hundred dollars. So, other question: seventy five thousand miles. <laughs> so, another question: 
If you if you had a kid and they're getting into racing, would you prefer to have to buy your own stuff? Let's say you're starting a sprint car team. Would you rather start a sprint car team, just them, or pay the money to send them somewhere else? Like let's say okay, this hypothetically, let's say midgets. Let's say buy your own midget team. We'll go for a sprint car team midget now. Sorry, Whatever. Brandon. So, would you rather send them off to Keith Coons, pay the money, do it, or start your own? Because really, sound are you talking now? You know, money's no object. Because let's be honest, none of us here can afford. No, okay. none of money's us afford no, Money's no object. I'm sending that son of a bitch away because you know I don't know shit about ra- racing other than they go faster and left. I was just going to say that with my knowledge base, I, I would have to pay somebody to to teach it him. Now, or her. now, if I was say. Uh, Kevin Swindell, for example, you know, a very knowledgeable guy, knows a shit about racing. I'm starting a race team. Yeah, but, but since I personally do not know what a Jacob's ladder is, I got to pay someone to do it. See, but in, you talk about when we talked to Billy, he had buns. I mean, that's, but his dad built the team with buns. I mean, he had me, somebody if, that knew racing. Yeah, yeah. So if you're building a team, you can find the right mechanic or so on yep his name's keith coons if we're going midget racing that mechanic is keith coons have you seen how many help wanted signs are out there right now with racing teams? there's a lot i mean really to to try to find that right guy is that you can trust is is a really hard thing right now that's definitely true but i mean because it mainly come as a topic because last week when we had cole on his dad was saying that you know do i do this route or do i do the route where i just pay and put him in a car and to me learning the ins and out of a sprint car that gives you a little more knowledge, even though Kevin said in the interview that, you know, you don't have to have all that. I mean, as a driver, you just you show up, do good, put your head down and do it. You don't have to have the knowledge base of working on a car. That kind of surprises me because Trey Gropp was one that, you know, he, he could build a race car and whatnot. And that always felt like that helped him get a ride. But it sounds like it really doesn't matter if you have that or not. I mean, I could probably build a race car. I mean, I'm knowledgeable about building shit a lot more than you, Josh. Hey, hey, but hey. now if it comes to setting up the race car to do this on a racetrack, no fucking clue. Yeah. Well, even Kevin said in one of his, in his interview on wing nation that didn't listen to it, that Brandon didn't listen to me and Brad did. He said that, you know, when he was first starting, he, it was like, we just threw a setup out there and just hoped it worked, or we just pushed harder on it. I mean, it shows the knowledge that Kevin has grown in the sport of the mechanic side of it. I mean, to really put the knowledge to the car. And I think that's what helps if you did have your own team to understand it. Yeah. I, I, it would be situational. Uh, who knows? Because it all to have to depend on, on who's available to help you. Can you trust them? Uh, can what their availability is. There's just a lot of circumstances. that would be really hard to now, like with Cole and his dad, his dad used to drive. And so he's got, um, at least a baseline knowledge of it. For me, I'm a fish out of water. I, I, I know they use methanol and they're push starting and that's about it. So I, I, it would be dumb for me to start a team uh, with, with not knowing who you could get as a crew chief and, and just face it. If we're going to run locally or regionally, there's, there's not a lot of crew chiefs out there that can, can make a go of it to run one or two nights a week. And so, um, especially in a three Oh five. So, uh, uh, it just, it, it would be really, that's a hard question to answer with having, without having more, I don't know, specific details towards this. I don't know. Maybe I'm making it harder than it really is, but I, if I had to decide today, I would pay this team to, um, take my son or daughter under their wings. And plus the best part is your kid gets out of the house. You have your house back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, isn't that pretty much what Cannon McIntosh, his dad sent him over to Keith Coons, and then he came back with the knowledge that he learned, and then now look at him. He's- All right, Dave Mack knows his shit, so I, I don't think he needed to send Cannon off to to Keith Coons. But, but what would make you want to do that if you already have the The opportunity, knowledge? man. You got the Toyota eyes on you day in, day out. That's true. One of the questions, though, I did want to ask uh, Kevin that I didn't ask is the Christopher Bell stuff. Him being a NASCAR, he was in NASCAR a little bit. What does he think of the whole... Christopher Bell not being able to run micros, hey, midgets. Just like any professional athlete, you sign that contract, you are liable liable to do what they tell you to do. And I think it's you don't like it, don't sign the fucking contract. Well, it's just kind of funny how people think that, you know, why wouldn't you do it? It's just a hobby for these guys at that level. But again, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, if he gets hurt, he's screwed. I've seen some Facebook posts today that he needs to move to a different team. You know, so Justin, Justin really addressed this same topic stupid. on, on uh, their tracker daily today about it. And, you know, he made the example if, if Rick Hendrick said, Kyle, no more dirt racing. You know what Kyle's going to do? Absolutely. No more. Dirt no racing. more dirt racing. Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Why would Christopher Bell leave one of the best teams in NASCAR? He is the just fa- so he can drive a few. He dirt is the face of Toyota right now. Right. I mean, you like like Justin said, I mean, you got who Denny Hamlin, Toyota driver. Yeah, getting up there in age. Martin Truex could retire any fucking time right now. Yep. The face for Toyota Racing is Christopher Bell right yeah. now. When he even said that Joe Gibbs could, he'd sign him for twenty years. He'd sign Bell just because he's get on the coach. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, but like you just said, it that's part of the reason why Alex Bowman races midgets and sprint cars is because he kind of piggybacked off of what Kyle was doing. I mean, but like you said, if Hendrick said no more for you guys, both of those guys would be done. Done. But we're um, racing dirt video games. That's how we're getting our yeah. dirt racing in. <laughs> Speaking of the dirt racing video games, did you watch the iRacing uh, World Outlaw Championships on Monday? I did I actually turn it on. One iRacing race. Ten grand for the championship. I know, I know. Real money. I'm surprised Kevin wasn't running. He's pretty good. He has on that two. Game. He has two cars on that team. But he doesn't actually race, though, right? He's actually done really well. No, he has. But Kevin has his own esports team. So Swindell Speed Labs esports hmm. had two drivers out there. But it was twenty. But, what does it pay to win this? The whole thing. Ten grand to win the championship. Real money. But what does it pay to win the race? Like three hundred bucks. But it's still real money. Yeah, still money. I don't know what you pay to be in the thing, but I don't know. But you know what? Well, didn't the guy literally like he could have won the race? Like he just needed to finish what? So or yeah, the, the or point. Like the points leader going in this Push race. That button. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen to this though, just Brad. Kidding. The points leader in this race, man. He he had to. He I don't know the points differential, but. Going into the feature, he had to finish seventh or better. You had to run a B main to get in the feature. The guy leading the points. I think he finished eighth place. No kidding. So he lost. Yeah. And the guy, other guy won. He won and like basically took out a guy trying to pass him. Yeah. At the end. So like, so for the points championship payout was ten thousand for first, four thousand for second. Oof. One spot cost this guy six thousand dollars. And you know, part of that money to goes back to your team game. to play a video game. Come on, Brad. You need see. Maybe you don't need the RC car. You just need to get a computer. No, no. Let's get some RC cars. Let's am, go out to the racetrack. I am not go. wasting my time on iRacing at all or my <laughs> money. I went during the pandemic. I watched one or two nights of it, and I thought to myself, "What in the hell am I doing watching people play?" Video I games? just happened to be flipping through YouTube, and it, and it happened to be on, and I'm like, I knew it was a championship. So I right, let's see. You right. know, <laughs> well, and during COVID, it was like, what else do you do? You know, sit and stare at the wall. Oh, I mean, it's I might become a little better. I might start my own racing team. Yeah, there you go. RC racing, baby. RC racing. I be racing. TKB, <laughs> TKB Motorsports. That's what it's going to be. Yep. 
starting our own racing team with that let's uh let's call this a show and we will talk to everybody next week thanks for tuning in everybody later gators Like me.